Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. fortunate to have mindfulness expert Amrit Sadhu joining us this morning to interview our guest speakers. So Amrit has dedicated his life spreading the word of mindfulness to help bring people back into the state of peace that resides in the moment of the present. After graduating as a certified master for corporate and personal development at Mind Valley, he launched a podcast named Inspired Evolution where he picks the brains of brilliant minds who are at the top of their field in their industry. Amrit cultivates spaces in businesses to utilize mindfulness techniques to boost productivity and overall healthier, happier work environments. Amrit is one of the leading pioneers who are bridging the gap between spirituality and business. Let's give Amrit a warm welcome as he joins us on stage. Thank you so much, Amrit. Thank you for such a warm and wonderful introduction. Ah, you're so welcome. Uh, the first speaker we'll be having a chat with Amrit is the founder and director of Barclay Eyewear, the world's first modern interchangeable blue light blocking glasses designed to block all harmful spectrums of artificial light through morning to night. One of Melbourne's young gun biohackers, Dane, is a certified human potential and primal health coach with a multidisciplinary holistic approach to health and well-being, with a particular focus on sleep, biophysics, and metaphysics. Let's give Dane a huge round of applause. Alrighty, so most of these start with a U, so it's spelled Y-E-W all together now. You! <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you can do so much better than that, ready? Three, two, one. 
Jane, welcome, brother. <laughs> How are you? I'm really well. I'm really awesome. Well. So there's a there's a few things going on in this space. Um, why don't we start with why you like when I first heard Dane Barkley, I was like, oh, that sounds like Oakley Sunnies. That sounds like a really good name for a pair of sunglasses. And here we are wearing these kooky. Why am I wearing these? Why are you wearing them? Uh, I don't know, actually. Why are you wearing them? <laughs> I'm kidding. That's no, well, it's actually, these are the blue biking glasses that I've actually designed. It's taken the last two years to create them. And it's around blocking the artificial light throughout the day and night and getting people out into sort of sunshine, into like natural lighting environments. The lighting here is great. This is more just to show what the glasses are like. Um, this is just one of the clip-on lenses that I'm wearing at the moment. So they clip on and off and they get, they're used for as a day lens and two night lenses. And they sort of block out the blue light. We can go into more detail about yeah. how much they block and why they block and why they're different to, to the out there. But yeah. So the thing that really sparked me in this moment, because I've seen plenty of these before, but what you just did then completely blew me away, right? The fact that you mm. took, and I know it sounds really simple, mm. but you took the orange lenses off, right? And you said that the clear lenses still block out a certain amount of blue light. What's going on there? Yeah, so that's there's there are a lot of companies now out there that are actually launching. There's a lot that are actually found in the space and they're most of them actually do just have this clear lens with blocks out. It's they're around each company varies, but around about forty percent of the blue light. And it's ideal for computer screens in the day if you're in an office environment. Uh, but then once the sun sets, they're not really useful in terms of screens or nighttime with helping sort of regulate circadian rhythms. That's where the the tinted lenses, so the orange lenses. So there are companies that also have just these already inside the glasses. So if you wanted to buy a day lens and a night lens, you'd buy multiple pairs of glasses. And it sort of came about when I think, I think I wanted to scratch my own itch in that sense that I wanted to have one pair of glasses that can cover me for the whole day. And so... See, I love that because I've got a pair of these at home, but they're those like construction worker mm. wrap around your head and they look really lame. So yeah. when I saw one of these, I was like... Dude, these are really cool. And during the day, like I find my eyes get really dry because I'm spending a lot of time in front of a computer screen. So I'm really turned on by these. So we've been crucifying blue light for a little bit. Tell us a little bit about what's going on with blue light. Yeah, so I think what I came across, again, I wore the wraparounds, the real dorky sort of ones. And I've went through so many different pairs of blue blockers and my personal experience with wearing them, it's like it was been a, quite a profound impact and difference when I started wearing them, even the really cheap ones. So if people wanted to just try it out, and get a $10 pair and see what it's actually about. And yeah, it's, it's unnatural. Like the blue light is, is more just like a term that covers artificial lighting. So blue light is just a different spectrum of lighting. The reason why it's so detrimental is that the blue light that comes from screens, from um, fluorescent lighting, all that there, it's a very unnatural spike of blue and it's not um, evenly distributed with other, without, without the four colors of the spectrum. So if you're going for the sun, there's blue light in the sun but it's also evened out with all the red and the green and the colors. So it's very even spectrum that we've evolved under as human beings. All the colors and we're, of the rainbow. <laughs> yeah, the rainbow, pretty much. Yeah, it's where we're very familiar. And we, that's how we've evolved under the sun. So when you get hit by a spike of blue light that comes from the screen, whether it's day or night, it sort of, sort of tricks the brain to thinking that your, your body's like, oh, is it daytime? Is it 12? It doesn't know what time it is. So it scrambles your clock that has in the human eye. So the idea of these blue blockers is to block the artificial light day and night. It's not just night. And it's also not just day, um, but there's different frequencies that are used as if to block that. That's why I sort of created the three different lenses to clip on, is that they're, they're made for day and night as well. And But also I know people aren't comfortable always wearing just color lenses. Um, people in the biohacking space are probably happy to wear that um, color lenses, but at least if they wore the clear lens, they'll still get some protection. And if they're at home, they can just clip on the orange or the reds and 
have that extra protection from there. Yeah, we're not all Bono. <laughs> I no, gotta get no. that. <laughs> so um, one of the things that really amazes me about this whole thing that you're talking about, and I will ask you in terms of what are the benefits of like why we're actually trying to mitigate this blue light issue, but the actual, and I think we're going to go there anyway, but in terms of the circadian technology that is actually our eyes really fascinates me. Like mm. the fact that your eyes are actually plugged into these circadian rhythms, which are like bioenergetic rhythms that communicate with the earth. Um, I'm in awe of that. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and what's going on and how that like, what are the benefits, I guess, that flow on from that space getting in tune yeah. with the circadian rhythm? Yeah, like that's, it's fascinating to me too. And I feel like we don't really have a clear picture of what's going on. There's a lot of people going off and there's a lot of studies. And if you look into biophysics and biohacking and space, you have a rough idea of what's going on. But I truly don't believe we actually have any idea what's truly happening. But in the sense that we are, have evolved under the sun and we've evolved under light, dark cycles. So our body and our circadian health sort of revolves around having the sunlight exposure during the day but with the sun sets we're only throughout history we've been exposed to firelight or candlelight or moonlight and starlight mm -hmm. and so getting exposed to these unnatural alien frequencies that are like a spike in in the the blue light factor it scrambles the brain at night and the circadian health does it sort of evolves in the eye so when the light comes into the eye it sends a signal to the brain and it goes to your body and tells it's like midday so if you're looking at a tv at night time he's watching tv you may feel like you can go to bed fine, but you're not going to sleep deeply and soundly and get in the optimal kind of sleep you need. And so the idea behind these again too is to block the blue light. But it's also to drive people. It's as similar as having like a campfire sort of style in um, your eyes can expose to. So you can still watch TV and do on your laptop, but at least have some protection of some sort. And if you didn't want to wear these at home all the time, my partner and I, have just we put in candle lights now. So we have candles over the whole house. Um, so it's not that dangerous. We have a little bit of wax dripping here. Sounds there, romantic. It's, it's, yeah. Sounds wonderful. It's quite, it's quite romantic. So, it's, yeah. So we wearing some stripes <laughs> just there. It's doing good. So that that helps a lot too. But that also helps with keeping out and our sleep routine is in really good shape. And it, there's always ways to improve it. It doesn't mean lighting's not the only one. It's a small one of part of it, but it's very easy to mitigate and to manage. In in my opinion, just like you can wear some glasses, you can have candlelight. And just be conscious of your lighting environment and being conscious to get outside and during the day, you get the sunlight in your eyes, which is sort of grounds your circadian health as well. And your body knows what's going on, what time of day it is. And come sunset is like blocking that blue light, that artificial light. Cool. So you just said light wasn't the only one. So let's pull that thread on that tangent. What's going on in there? So what else is in there? Yeah. So lighting was one was one of the first ones I came across when I was looking to like sleep. I just got really obsessed and felt cold to go into sleep. And lighting was just something that's made a lot of sense to me. And when I heard about it and then we evolved under the moonlight and the sun and all that, I'm like, great. And then I started to dig further into that and find more and more things to optimize my sleep. So wearing the aura ring for the last three and a half years, I've been able to track multiple sort of factors that come and improve my sleep. And so one area like lighting was, it's such an easy one to like just to implement, I found, but mm -hmm. there's other ones I was more curious about. It's ones that we found recently that were really um, fascinating was the EMF. So people aren't familiar with um, there's native electromagnetic frequencies, which is what the earth gives out. There's also non-native, which is uh, Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and all the cell towers that's going up. It's um, 5G. It's not 5G. Yeah. It's, like, it's not good. And so it was getting radiated and we can't see that physically with our eyes. We don't have the ability to do that, but we, a lot of people can sense that. So a lot of people are getting um, hypersensitivity to the EMFs and it's especially for sleeping so i found like during the day it can be pretty difficult to avoid that and, and manage that and even trying to freak out about it, it's not going to do much um for your health 
So but for sleep, for instance, we recently we found about um, one of the most effective solutions we've done in Mutractin now for us. So we had objective data as well as subjective, how we felt. And that was um, going to we live in an apartment. And I'm hyper aware that in the apartment complex, there are a lot of Wi-Fi routers mm. around. And there's not much we can do about that is where we live. Uh, so rather than freaking out about it, we do the best we can with what we have in our little sanctuary, our little apartment. And so with in the physics, with double your distance, you halve your risk. So with our media environment, we found if we can keep that at a really sort of optimal level, then of course we can't control everything around us, but at least the things that are closest to us will have the big impact. So we found the um, that we switched off our mains. So we have uh, so in the apartments and inside, fortunately, we have all um, the power switches. And so we went off and we switch off our bedroom and the lounge dining. Um, we switch off and turn into a black zone. So there's no power going through both those rooms at night, but at least the kitchen's left on with the fridge. And that was such an easy implementation. And I only found out from that how important that really is, is when I had a geovital technician come out to my parents' house. A what technician? A geovital technician. Tell us so a little bit more about they're, they're, they're essentially, they're like a holistic building biologist. And so they come out with a lot of meters, um, fairly expensive for what they are. And I guess because this technology is quite expensive to get, but it's definitely worth the, um, the investment for sure. And not knowing like a lot of what's going on and he going through there, they test out with your house with meters, with the magnetic fields the electrical fields, all that as well. And things that we don't really think about and just not aware in our environments because we can't see it physically. And so we found in my pe parents' bedroom, they, when they sleep in at night, we have a body voltage meter. And then when I go to bed at night, the um, technician said, you ideally should be around about 30 volts um, when you're sleeping. And my parents have mentioned how they haven't had great sleep for a long time. And when we tested throughout the rooms, their bedroom, were, they were lighting up about 2,000 volts. So their body was just, it never could get into a proper sleep. So no matter how much they took a magnesium supplement, more blue blockers, uh, there was still other factors. So the electricity was going through the um, circuit boards there. It was coming from the outside in and the, the best solution is switching it off. So it kills the power in there and they drop down to back to 30 again. So you can physically actually test it. We have really good devices and the GeoVital team are really good and they've been around for a long time. And if people that are curious to actually see where and test that, they can, um, again, get a consultation with them. If not, like we didn't get ours tested. We haven't got the funds together yet, but what we can do at least is switch off our room. So without even testing, we know we got a, like a head start. Um, there may be other things that we not, might be able to mitigate along the way, but at least for now, it's like that. We know those two rooms are blacked out. There's no Wi-Fi on because the Wi-Fi is connected to the power in the lounge. So we know there's no Wi-Fi and there's no power going through both rooms. So that's the best that we can do with what we have right now. Um, and if people want to have it in a house and want to see what's going on in every room, then yeah, that's the way to do it. Great. Cool, awesome. So just a, a little bit to ground that in. This is recorded. It will be launched on the Inspired Evolution podcast. We'll add all this information, how to connect with someone like that, in the show notes. I'll get that information from you. Yeah. So anyone that wants to tune into that, you can find it there. So you mentioned your parents. Um, so let's talk a little bit. Why my mum was always like, you need your eight hours sleep. You need your eight hours sleep. And I was always this kid under the blanket with a book in my hand, with a torch in my hand. Now we've got iPhones. Mm. Um, why is sleep so important? I even like ask myself like why I feel so drawn and called to this. I particularly felt drawn to it because I found when I went through my studies for the last four or five years, like intensely, that nutrition varied so much and individual. And I'm like, that's so many areas that people found, whether it's genetics, but then I found an area resonated with me that everyone agreed with was how important sleep was. Mm. And it was, doesn't matter what, what, what your genetics are or anything, it's yeah. universal across everything that we're designed to sleep 
a certain amount of hours. Okay, there's a very small group that can actually get away with six hours or less. Um, but the large majority of humans are leading around about seven or eight hours of total sleep. So who do you think they're in that group of six hours and less? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. <laughs> what is that percentage do we know it's it's about i think about five percent okay. it's you a very right. small percentage. yeah <laughs> maybe you know yeah maybe if you can get off that but sometimes it's hard to actually work out um whether you're in a percentage or not and having someone like the aura ring to track it as well mm. you have an idea of what the objective data is coming back but also how you feel subjectively and i don't really i find that you don't really realize how you feel until you start to find ways to optimize it so i found like i thought i slept pretty great i was like oh i slept okay i slept fine it wasn't until i actually implemented blue blocking and the emfs and then started switching dinner earlier and all these different things that actually i realized oh wow that is that's what a good sleep is Mm -hmm. and i've actually feel the subjective difference now and i just keep raising my baseline so my baseline is quite high now so i have a bad night's sleep it's very noticeable for myself um whereas most people out there go yeah i'll sleep okay i'll just pass out but i'm like did I know how they feel subjectively waking up and also objectively based off data? So, yeah, cool. So, one of the things that I've been like researching in this space, and thanks to like doing this, uh, this conversation with you, did a little bit of research. It's been really interesting to find. And the, the metaphor that I like to see it as is actually when we're going to sleep, we're actually going through this massive flush of hormones, chemicals, and everything that in our day to day, we're consistently engaged in all these like. Neuro, like neurochemicals and all these things are building up, right? But we don't actually go through this process of just letting that all go. And ha- like sleep is a really integral component to actually re-baselining, re-stabilizing your hormones and everything in and around that space. It's really fascinating for me because I remember when we touched in, you said, I was like, why sleep? And you're like, I've been on a bit of a journey. Do you want to tell us about your journey through how you actually got to here? Yeah. I guess it's from the starting point, it was 2014 when my grandfather passed away. I got called to sort of just something activate inside me to go and seek alternative and holistic health and just got me on this sort of space of learning more and more about health and just I just couldn't stop just <laughs> like a fire hydrant of information coming in from every angle and learning from everyone. Um, one of the sort of prominent ones was Dr. Jack Cruz, the neurosurgeon from the US that taught me a lot about light, water and magnetism and hence got me onto the old, got me so fascinated with light and how that interacts with our body and why it's so important. Mm. And I just keep going into this. I'm constantly just being called to different areas. And right now it's around sleep and around lighting. And that's why I sort of launched the glasses and sort of go out there and help have the impact for people out there. But it has been, it's been a struggle and it really has. Just even launching the glasses, it brought up so much of my stuff inside me that I had to clear and sort of get past and move forward with. 
and yeah, constantly just learning from new people. And so, and I did go through a lot of phases of the imposter syndrome and I'm like, well, why, who am I to sort of launch this stuff? And like, why don't people just go to the people I've learned from mm. and get it? But then I realized more and more on the way too that I'm unique in my own ways and the way I deliver it. And there's plenty of people out there and they all reach different audiences. And so having that whole journey sort of taught me a lot about myself. And it's also given me like, I've just been fascinated with learning more and more about holistic health. Um, with the metaphysics, understanding why we're here, why people do the things they do, um, with biophysics, which is the interaction with the physics and our environment and our biology. And it's just, I'm just constantly just learning more and more and more and just, yeah, I'm trying to do my best then to, to stop and now to share some as well. So it's very easy to become a student of it and just absorb information and then not actually share it out there. So now it's like the next phase is sharing the information I have out there with people. I think that's really fascinating and I love what you're sharing in there and uh, just because I've come to notice in just my own journey is like after a while you learn so much but then you're holding like so much content and information that after a while like it almost becomes the onus to share so that you can free up some more space to then actually go and learn some other things so then it's like okay cool this bit I've nipped in the bud so then I can actually focus on other things that are coming through right actually creating that space and that energy so in that space and energy that's opening up obviously you're learning a lot of things in terms of how to actually stand behind some of the technologies that you believe in um you said there were some challenges in there can you share some of those challenges with yeah. us yeah well, even just launching the glasses was like a massive challenge it brought up so much with my partner and myself and about just I just I wanted them to be absolutely perfect and I wanted them to be unlike anything else out there. I they are pretty nifty. But yeah, I appreciate it. You've like, done they, a really yeah, good job, you. man. Like yeah. I would actually wear these. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, I love the I'm getting a pair. Yeah. I'm getting a pair. <laughs> yeah. Well yeah, that's another thing too. I wanted to make them so perfect, but I, a part of reason too I found out like through the journey and a lot of personal development, I wanted to make them so perfect that my family would wear them because I really wanted to impact them. And I thought they, w they weren't going to wear them and they weren't perfect. And so it took me a long time to sort of clear through that energy and just be like, let go of that and just create something that I, I feel really proud of and that I feel that would be resonate with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And it sort of bridged the gap between the mainstream and the biohacking space because I've been part of that biohacking space for a while now. And, and I find that it's very common. People are familiar with blue blockers and everyone wears them in the biohacking space, but it hasn't really bridged across the mainstream because people aren't really familiar with the sort of information behind it, but also glasses that felt people comfortable to wear and that it can be interchangeable as well. So that whole journey just to create that and just get the, um, the manufacturers to produce what I want to do and now just getting off the ground has just brought up stuff about me of like, yeah, is it, will people like them? And that mm -hmm. everything's coming up about that. And so it's, it's just, yeah, it is a constant journey. And even just this event and everything else I'm going through is about, for me, I've found personally is just letting go and surrendering. And just letting the what happens is meant to happen so no matter what it looks like it's sort of like leave it out of my control and just go with it and just be there and be present and try to connect with people and share where i can i love that surrender is so deep so in that you mentioned the word mainstream yeah so what does it look like in your like idealistic vision in terms of all this emf and blue light blocking sort of stuff what would it look like if everybody implemented this are everybody wearing glasses or are there light globes and everybody switching over to the right sort of light globes like what is the utopia of like us having like just perfect sleep as a collective society that's a really good question actually i like that i well my intention behind the glasses is not for them to be that they're a temp temporary solution to um, until I guess lighting technology and lighting engineers come up with better solutions. So right now it's right blue blockers is where it's at, but I want to eventually once that builds up more and more people know about it is moving towards the lighting um, engineering side of things and get starting to get the lights actually. And companies are doing that. I think Qantas are actually implementing that now within their flights 
um, some of the transatlantic flights now, they're actually dimming the lights and going in with the sun frequency. So they're getting the dull down at nighttime and then they rise back up to the sort of sunlight. And so just getting that out more. And so having out the street, all the lights going down to more of an amber light and then, and then daytime have that sort of lighting. So it is to be more like not everyone wearing my pair of glasses that I don't want everyone wearing glasses out there, but for right now, I feel it's a temporary solution to what's actually available. Um, and in terms of EMFs as well, it's more educational and knowledge. A lot of people are easily to dismiss it and be like, I can't see it. It's like, oh, it's not a big deal then. But it's like, just educate yourself. There's a lot of great people out there, doctors and uh, so many people out there that are doing great things, learning books that I read a lot, podcasts out there like yourself. There's, there's so many of the information they can get out there and just be curious and be open-minded and see what... Um, and get people educated in that space. And it would be more of awareness. Once people are aware of it, they would want more of what needs to be happening. So, Yeah, I think one of the things that I really found interesting about learning all about blue light blocking and all that sort of stuff was actually the whole piece around sleep hygiene. And the biggest thing that happened was leaving the phone, like parking it before a certain amount of time before going into bed, even just building that as a habit, mm -hmm. just this awareness around blue light help me sleep better. And so in and around that, then obviously you can implement a morning ritual yeah. because you went to bed earlier, you wake up earlier, you can actually do all these things like meditate, stretch, make some, whatever makes you tick. Mm. And then you can start your day and it's been such a blessing for me. So in and around that, just before we wrap up, anything else you'd like to share with everybody? Yeah, I'll, I'll throw out some other cool um, sort of facts and tips that people might want to like implement mm. or look further into as well. The things that we found out recently um, mattress is very important to the fan recently. So if you have a, a sort of a wire coil frame mattress, just throw that out immediately because that acts as like a, a giant antenna. So any sort of EMFs will jump onto that. And so you'd be sleeping at night being lit up. So the idea is like, of course, foam mattresses, koala, they're probably the second next best, but we've actually moving away from that, that now. We're getting an, an organic latex mattress. So um, the more natural materials there, they want to act as an antenna. So yeah, that's super important that people get into sort of aware of that. And so, yeah, move away from the coil mattresses that is then like not beneficial at all. Um, that's that side of things. Uh, there's the lighting side, the EMF. So if you don't want to switch off your power in the house, at least go turn off your Wi-Fi router, router at night. And then keeping your room, I guess the idea is keeping your room dark and cool as possible. Mm -hmm. That's a really important part. Um, and so blackout curtains, you can get from Ikea, super cheap ones there. Uh, there's also, and you can incline your bed too. So I'm just going to throw out this like yeah, more yeah, and more yeah, things yeah. are crazy. I'm talking about our environment going at home. So we've got an incline bed of about two degrees at the moment. So incline bed therapy is something very important that we found if people are interested in that. We had it at about five degrees and then Indy kept falling out of the bed. So we had to bring it down to two degrees. And so again, incline so bed So the glasses therapy. don't just actually make you look smart. You start nerding yeah. out on shit. <laughs> start throwing out there. Just throwing the glasses, falling out of the bed. It's like, it's great. And got the candle lights on, the house is burning down. Lighting environment, be mindful of it. But most importantly, just be like conscious and just do things that sort of create a habit uh, that you can build upon into a routine throughout your sort of life. I love that. Sleep is so important. Mm. Guys, we've just been hacked by... Uh... Dane Barkley. <laughs> and so now we're back again with Dane Barkley. <laughs> this is such a like tripped out way to do this, right? So we had the live at the Get Hacked event and now we're bridging on a little bit more just because there was so much yumminess, so much goodness in the conversation we were having. So those that are tuning in or obviously have tuned into the first half of the episode, this is the second half and we're going a little bit deeper and the first place that I wanted to pick up straight away, hit the ground running, no messing about, was um, we spoke a little bit about nutrition 
having an impact on our sleep, but we didn't really dive into that rabbit hole. So I was hoping to get some more information from you in regards to what role does nutrition play in regards to our sleep? Because I remember in the episode the live part of it, you mentioned that actually like there's a lot of different things around nutrition and that's why you fell in love with like sleep as a hack because nutrition is unique to the individual across the board, wherever you go. Um, which I, I really respect that perspective on it. Cause I often find a lot of people are trying to like this diet, then that diet and this works. And it's like, you know, every person's unique. And I, so I really respect where you're coming from with that. But then in terms of sleep being, you know, the kind of universal thing that, you know, people can dress like in a pretty uniform kind of way and the benefits being so profound as we've been discussing previously. Um, there was still a piece of nutrition that was in there. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, good point. I'd love to um, elaborate on that. Uh, it is very true with the, you said the individuality of it. And I, I still stand by that so much and learning that myself, but I found what I've found to be, I guess, in relation specifically to sleep as well, um, is is timing as well, is meal timing. So I've found that's something as well that's resonates with what's been working well with myself and even my partner and what we've been experimenting with lately. It's sort of like it's going off what I've learned and now I've applied it and seen the actual the impact it having too. And I truly believe it actually is a, quite a universal approach as well. So um, I think the most important part of it everyone has different beliefs where they're saying breakfast is the most important part of the day. And other people say lunch is the most important part of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, my personal opinion reckon I still stick with the uh, Ayurvedic approach as being lunch is one of the most um, sort of like important meals of the day. And I still believe in that. Um, just everything I've experienced has been in that we, it's when we have the, the, the highest ability to digest the food you need to come in as well. Um, we're more awake and we're alert. Come into nighttime. So in relation to sleep, I have found that, eating earlier and lighter has had a significant impact on like sleep quality, particularly deep sleep and resting heart rate. So like a partner and I are constantly tracking our aura and seeing the data. So we see objectively what actually is working and impacting also, and also how we feel subjectively. So um, it's just, and again, it's another factor involved in sleep, but we found how much sleep uh, meal timing has a massive influence on that. So we personally practice eating, dinner around six o'clock like trying to keep it as routine as possible like not much later sometimes it'd be later the later we do it the less we tend to eat so our sort of principle is that if we're going to have a dinner it's going to be something light um like ideally now moving to spring and summer like a salad in that kind of sense um vegetables have that as like a base of the core um so we generally on um, what we've moved into now is more um the body ecology um style of eating um, so food combining and it's mixing a bit of um, Eastern tradition there as well. And we generally stick to eating vegetarian at, at night, mm. um, but we're not vegetarian. So we don't stick to any sort of dogma or even any sort of, we don't call ourselves anything. We're just whole food based. Um, we yeah. eat our ground beef, we're all about the quality as well. So organic and biodynamic, um, I find that's key. So quality goes over anything else, I believe, over any whatever diet that people believe and want to follow. I think quality should always come first. So supporting the local organic farmers um, is definitely a priority. And, yeah, so we stick to eating sort of a vegetarian-based meal at night. Um, we find even from everything I've learned but also what we've experienced, which is most importantly, is that um, eating a heavier, dense meal, even with some sort of animal protein, it takes longer to digest in the system. Mm-hmm. So if you're eating a dinner, like late, big meal at night, we're naturally going to feel stuffed and some people can probably pass out into like a food coma, but they're not going to get the deep sleep, regenerative sleep that they require. 
And so we found that um, even ourselves eating something light and going to bed with a fairly empty stomach, um, it helps with, I guess, people as well getting into that stage of intermittent fasting. And so they can eat an early dinner, then wake up and have a breakfast, they feel like it, and they've technically gone 14 odd hours without eating. And so that's ideal as well for the most of the, the population to get some sort of fasting practice, whether it's full day fasting, whether it's uh, intermittent fasting. And so um, those those uh, numbers we found as well through our aura, so we found that the resting heart rate would be a lot lower, would drop mm. a lot lower at night by eating a lighter meal because we, our system wasn't trying to sort of digest the food in the stomach. Um, we've eaten a light meal at dinner, we've gotten close to, and we go to bed to a bit like on average around 9.30 at night. Um, varies the time of year, but we found that having that, the resting heart rate drops at a really good space, and we wake up feeling a lot more like alert. And so the lower your, so the lower your heart rate drops, the the more indicative it is of your like of the rest that you're getting. Is that is there a correlation? Yeah, it is. Yeah, so like if you have if you consume alcohol, if you have heavy meals, um, and even bright lights as well. So blue block is really ideal for that. All those factors involved, they do elevate your rest and heart rate. So. Having something to track, I guess, like aura is really helpful. But if you don't have that, at least you can go off subjectively how you feel and usually feel more alert yeah. when you wake up. And I think um, like tracking long-term is, is really useful. Um, but I remember I had an aura ring and using it even just initially, just like seeing it, it grounds in a couple of facts. And once you kind of know those facts, I realized I didn't really have to revisit the stats too often. Um, one of them being the key piece, going to bed early. Um, and I, I really respect what you're saying in terms of food and, and, you know, being of Indian nature and like kind of being on this journey of health. I feel like we've, there's a lot of parallels here, but the Ayurvedic approach of like lunch being like making lunch, the biggest meal in the day, um, just to nerd out a little bit. I'm Kapha which is like earth and fire. There's not a lot of water and wind in my system. So it's much more, um, yeah, when I eat, it's like the earth, like move, stuff moves slowly through the system. So it's like, yeah, lunch, make it massive. Um, and then I've actually been leaning into making smoothies for breakfast and then dinner kind of is an optional thing. Um, but I remember that was a massive transformation in itself. When I first started going down that route, it was like I would literally come home and the only way I could do this was pretty much chop half a massive watermelon in half and just eat the whole thing because I felt like I was eating, but I was just eating my hydration and sugars, right? So, <laughs> But that was me hacking myself into getting into like, yeah, a lighter dinner um, sort of approach. But I totally resonate with what you're saying there. And it's interesting to see that, you know, there is an actual like um, – metric that you can look at which is which is your heart rate um in regards to that then where does um where does the where does the conversation around like what is the lowest hanging fruit in your in your opinion so there is nutrition we've talked about that we've talked about emf and switching um like our devices off we've obviously got the glasses which you know um you've been such a sponsor of and such an amazing gift to the world that you've created here um what is the lowest hanging fruit like is it just um because i also know there's a whole conversation to be had around getting to bed early and setting a like a, a consistent time right because we're, we're creatures of habits right so what would you say I think, yeah, it is. It's like, I think I'm constantly experimenting with what is like, and I, I personally like to gravitate towards the things that are the easiest to implement and that have, do, do have the biggest impact as well. And also in free as well. It's an idea of like, I guess the glasses aren't free, but at least once you invest in those things, a return is, is huge anyway. So hmm. um, in terms of, I think uh, such a core part of it is, then I find it's really important is the routine habits. I find it's, it's one of the biggest, if not the biggest, because that encompasses everything that like, that involves sleeping or even getting to sleep and waking up. 
the whole thing of having a morning routine, even having an evening routine, it's like the whole creating of it some sort and creating your own that's unique to you. So we're like my partner and I, we keep, we keep like altering ours and adjusting it and optimizing it the best we can. And we find that having some sort of structure at both ends, like bookending the day, is like it's, it's crucial. And I think it really is, is just incorporating all those factors and then doing it consistently. So what I've found with, even with the glasses, for instance, is that they, it's, they're effective, but not if they don't work consistently. So the idea is like, I want to be able to sort of just be able to get that message out there. Like they're effective, but only if you wear consistently. So it was like getting good sleep. Like one night of bad sleep is not going to kill you. But then if you're having consistent bad night sleep or if you're having one good and then four five, six in a row bad night sleep, it's not going to be ideal. So it's, yeah, you fall off and we do have late nights, but I think the core part of this, that when you're at home creating some sort of routine and structure and around that either sleep routine or an evening routine or a morning routine. So when you wake you're not just waking up and going in some sort of reactive mode and looking at social media. You have something productive that actually sets you up for the day as well. So um, mm. both ends are so important for myself and just my growth now to function daily in a really good space. So routines in some sort of informing that and then stick into that and having structure. I think it's key, absolutely key, because without that, I might have all the information I know. Like I might be able to do all these things that are really important for sleep or health or both, and it just it's not doesn't land because there's like I do sometimes and sometimes I'm like oh, I just won't care about that, or I'll just have the lights on some nights. It's like now create some sort of routine and structure, and then and make your environment pull for that as well. I think it's actually really important. We're constantly optimizing our environment, so if we're at home, it's like it pulls for that for us not to think about what we're doing, and it becomes just it just sits into the um, unconscious and then it becomes like a habit then it's what it really does we have to think about i have to get my glasses now and i have to do eat this meal at this time and just we do it enough and then as you would be aware of the series just become the a consistent habit and it becomes who we are and like a part of our being and we're just doing it and it becomes second nature and then it's like oh wow this is actually really looking back in my hindsight it's like well this really has a huge impact in our lives and it's um it felt like it makes it a lot easier to sort of implement that. And I think one of the keys for that habit part too is to start in small, to start like whatever that looks like. You know, like mm. block out some light, for instance, or eat a little bit earlier, like start some routine and then build on that. That's, it's, I can't yeah, stress how important that really is. I love that. And so I had the the real privilege of, um, I did put my money where my ass was. I said I was going to buy a pair and I did. Um, and so the thing that happened with that was I went traveling to India for the last week, delivering a whole bunch of seminars. Um, traveling and speaking is everything that excites me in this world. Uh, um, but in terms of the travel, um, I've got some questions for you, which came up for me because I, for the first time, managed to take my blue blocking glasses with me because just they're, they're so cool. Um, and most of the time when I was sitting in the plane, I was punching out, preparing slides, preparing a presentation. I've been using these a lot every time I'm in front of the computer screen and I can already, like in a matter of the week that I've had them, notice that I'm already like not having um, the uh, the dry eyes that I used to get, right? So there is something that's going on with blue, eye, uh, blue light and drying out my eyes, which I'm not entirely sure what that is, um, but my subjective experience is that that's a bit better. But then also the... Um, uh, the piece that really fell in for me was while I was traveling was using the blue blockers, especially airports while I was transiting through time because like it's a time like I was transiting at 2 a.m. Right. And even where I was going, it was meant to be because it was only four hours out. It was meant to be 6 a.m. And where I was landing, it was 2 a.m. But this was like neon, like, you know, like you've got fluorescent lights. And so I was just on, I, was, I just had the, the glasses on the whole time. Um, and one thing that I, 
was was completely tangible was I'm normally one of those people that sleep or no sleep. I kind of just, I go with it. I ride with it, you know? So it's like, all right, I'm meant to be up. Yes, it's, yes, it's a challenge, but whack a cold shower in, you know, this is kind of, and then like your nervous system wakes up and like, boom, off we go, you know, I don't rely on caffeine too much. Um, but these little hacks are, they're definitely there along the way. But I noticed with the yellow orange glasses, um, being in effect, I was actually able to maintain my drowsiness, which may sound kind of counterintuitive in terms of what you want to achieve. But I noticed that like in my three hour transit, I like, I was still tired. I was still drowsy. That's so much so that when I got on the next flight, I, I dropped straight back into sleep instead of having like been hyper energized. And usually what would have happened was being awake, I would have snuck in something to eat. You know what I mean? Like maybe like a, like a juice or something along the path just to sort of give me a little bit of sugars to keep going where I needed to go. Um, and I just was aware that this was actually really handy for me to able to meter my relationship with light and then like what sleep is doing for me. And obviously I was informed in large part by the conversation we'd already been having. And so in and around to that, to throw that even further, I've noticed coming home, normally when I come back, there is a little bit of a lag, right? There is a little bit of a jet lag that I go through. This time, touch wood, blessedly, not the case. Right. And I'm wondering if that's got to do with the fact that I've been monitoring my like, do you have any insights in and around that? And any insights? And then the next question, I'll just prephrase that as well, is going to be, what would you do if you were traveling? <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that question because that's it, it is, I think, uh, it's one of the most important places to be wearing blue blockers. Yeah. <laughs> I always go to airports and just sell them to everyone there because <laughs> the lighting there is horrendous and they have to sort of upgrade that those lightings. But it is so important because they, you said, like, if you're traveling at 2 a.m., you're traveling like a red eye flat. Like I've, I have traveled to New Zealand recently, like in a midnight flight, wearing the blue blockers. It's, it's, it is absolutely key. And I know even when you're traveling transatlantic, you're traveling like longer time zones, the circadian, like your microbes and circadian health does, it, it is still like where you are, where you are, where you like sort of base. And then when you move to there, it takes a while to, like it takes up to I think almost two weeks as far as I'm aware in terms of the studies I've, I've learned at least along the way is for them to actually catch up to the time zone. And having the light, I found even grounding as well is super important. We found grounding to the earth and connecting your feet, but light as well is one. I think it's definitely the lowest hanging fruit when it comes to it being the biggest influence on that as well. Because the fact, and especially our eyes, because the whole the eye clocks and it triggers the time. And so, if you go into the airports without protection, then your eyes are going to get midday sun what it thinks like it's midday sun from the fluorescent lights and it's going to just trigger your eyes, which are going into your brain and it goes in and then cascade neurotransmitters come out and it's just going to work as if it's midday. It's going to keep you awake and alert. And then that will then, again, that will cascade into sort of another bad night's sleep and it'll just from that point there, it'll take longer to catch up. So I think having that, as you said, what you did is like blocking that blue light is, is absolutely crucial, especially when you're in like traveling at those, time, those hours as well. Whereas technically where you should be asleep, it's like then you want to block the blue light when you go leave the house. So if we go to the airport at 4 a.m. here, I'm still wearing blue blockers because um, the sun isn't up yet. And so once the sun gets up, you can like expose yourself to some sort of light. It's not ideal light having fluorescent lighting because it's not the same as a full spectrum sunlight. But having the um, but blocking those that, that light as much as you can in the flights. And that's why all the all the helps um, gurus that I follow and I respect and they're like mentors, they all just constantly wearing their blue blockers when they're traveling a lot and they're always wearing them they swear by them and it's great to see people wearing them more and more and i still haven't come across anybody just yet wearing that like the orange blue blockers i've seen it in through um through like some of my communities but not actually in person to uh, i think it's a great talking point sort of um to people to share the same uh they share an interest in sort of after their health so 
But yeah, to answer your question, I think, yeah, it's, I think I did that answer your question. I think it yeah, was. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And so the next question was, how would you, like, how would you be approaching it? Um, because I'll, I'll, I forgot to mention a little piece. So like before I was coming back, I started tuning into mm. the time zone that it would be back in Melbourne, which meant, um, and that meant I had to wear my orange glasses earlier in New Delhi because that would mean that like sun, sun went down a little bit later here. So I started thinking, and this is an engineer, maybe I got overzealous and you can totally call it out if I am getting overzealous. <laughs> um, but I've got a new toy, so I'm totally tweaking on it. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so that was kind of, was that me being too overzealous or like was that a, a good strategy in terms of locking it out, like trying to get the glasses on to match Melbourne's circadian rhythm rather than New Delhi's where I was at to drop into the times and where I was at because I kind of thought maybe that would help with jet lag and I kind of am doing good. That, yeah, and you, you probably answered your, your question there too, that the fact that you've noticed there's a difference, a subjective difference, that means that what you did was, is most likely right. And it, it does vary against where you're traveling over the world as well and yeah. how, long, how long you've been traveling for. So if you're traveling for, I think, beyond two to three weeks, it starts to shift a bit. And you have mm. to take a few more days to that, start actually adjusting to that time zone before you get to that time zone. Awesome. So I think what you did, absolutely. Most people don't even consider that option they just get to where they are then they just they feel stuffed and then they're like oh i'm jet lagged for two or three days but it can that can be hacked or can be that can be avoided in a sense too it's like it doesn't have to be that way and yeah i guess what you did is right it's like you, you want to adjust the time zone you're going to as well um and then if you're going for a shorter period of time if you're traveling for sort of yeah i guess three four weeks onwards that does vary and you have to probably experiment with what that is for you um but the yeah just as important as blocking the blue light is just as important as getting still sunlight, if, if ideal. If not, there are gadgets out there like the retimer glasses that you can put on to get a little blast of light in your eyes to sort of help that anchoring the circadian rhythm. So um, it is important to block blue light on one end, but it's also to sort of add to that as well, it's important to get that light exposure. So ideally from sun, when you need, yeah. This is a trigger it as well. So it's like it's important. And so the question that I had for you is kind of like when you're traveling, like you mentioned grounding a little bit um, as well. So, you know, obviously using the glasses kind of in the fashion that we've been discussing, I think is probably a useful conversation. Um, but then just step us through like what you would be implementing in a travel. And maybe it's a bit hard because subjectively you'd just be doing it on autopilot. Um, it's kind of, you know, reaching into your unconscious competencies. Um, but like, are there certain things that do stand out? Like, you know, if I'm definitely traveling for me, like classic example is like, I'm always traveling with Reishi or Shaga just because they're adaptogens and you're adapting your environment. So little pieces like that, like you mentioned grounding, am I trying to get my feet in the earth as early as I can, as soon as I get off the flight sort of thing? What's, what's going on in Dane's world when he's traveling? Yeah, I love that Eurasian and Chaga. That's like definitely like Rice had a Rice UT just before I came on here. So yeah. so calming. It's the best. And so good. But uh yeah, there's I guess trying to think of like again, you're at autopilot like it's what I do, but consciously I know the things that I tend to go for that I'm super conscious of is definitely grounding. So some at some point if I can get off when I get off the plane is to ground my feet to the ground. I think there's there's a biological um, sort of differences there by actually connecting to the earth. But I think there's more beyond that as well that I guess humans don't properly comprehend. And how um, long would you with, be doing that for? Uh, I'd say like as, at least 10 minutes for me personally, it'd be at least 10 minutes of like just getting my feet on wherever I am. It's like connecting at least. And in that, that mm. sense there, it's like a good grounding spot, but also I feel it's, it also gets your body to catch up to where you actually are. Mm. And I think there's space and time. I think there's a lot to do with that and the quantum physics side of things and to sort of give yourself an alignment. Um, 
that again, that's been, it's a really popular practice, but most of the health people that I sort of trust and follow. And it's what I personally trying to aim for that myself is some sort of connection, especially when you're flying. I mean, I mean, you're flying up in the sp- up there off gravity for a bit and you're coming down. It's going to be a big difference, big impact on your body and your cells as well. Um, so grounding, like it's yeah, at least 10 minutes would be ideal. Um, and another big factor as well is definitely would be fluid intake. So that'd be ideally water, some sort of filtered water. Um, yeah. Just uh, as necessity because up in aeroplanes, massive, massive EMF zone they are. So mm-hmm. they're just a huge container of just EMFs and, and pumping. And they got they have planes with Wi-Fi. You're just getting bombarded from every angle. So dehydrate your cells like crazy. And so it's like it's so important to be drinking um, either good quality, if, if you can at the like. At the end, when you get to the actual um, airport somewhere, good quality filtered water, um, San Pellegrino, even though I think Fiji water is a pretty decent one. Um, the people that can't afford, they're like really expensive um, filtered and remineralized water. Um, but I think fluid intake as well to get into your system. Um, some sort of electrolyte balance as well. So I think ideally you would pinch that. You put a bit of Celtic sea salt into that because um, usually um, filtered water is just dead water in a sense and mm-hmm. doesn't have much in it. So if you were to go somewhere, you can get filtered you mineralize water. Mineralize it of your own. Yeah, and I think the easiest way is to carry some sea salt with you. If you don't, and that's that's very easy to carry it with you as well. Um, throw some sea salt in there, shake it up, and then drink that. Um, yeah, that's uh, I think that's key as well. Again, the remineralization and the um, the electrolytes into your body after being so dehydrated from um, flight up in a massive metal container full of <laughs> EMFs and radiation up there. So, um, and going through all the, even going through all the, um, yeah, the yeah, metric the scanners. And all oh, that. Yeah, they're they're yeah, a yeah. nightmare. Yeah. yeah. It's just, I'm, it's, it's, I'm, I haven't looked enough into it, but I know for the people <laughs> I trust and the functional doctors, like is terrible for like shredding yeah. DNA. So yeah. like I'm aware that it can't be avoided too. So it's like, yeah. that's just, you can't just sit around. I'm like, I know I have to go through that, but put everything in place that I can get myself the best advantage. So yeah. all those things as well, like, to, yeah, get your immune system strong with your child and your ratio. You have that, like something that you can keep boosting yourself with. Um, some people believe in glutathione and, and um, vitamin C, like high dose of vitamin C, yeah. um, but trying to find the best sources as well for that. So um, I think the easiest, I guess, the most, most people can do is just fluid hydration, some of the good filtered water, put some sea salt in there, and that's, that's, en- that's enough to sort of kick your body into a good shape at least. Um, and there's plenty more hacks that were in there, there as well, yeah. that's for sure. But for starters, that's really good. Awesome. So you've just mentioned something and it's just flagged for me um, and it may be – a bit off topic, but, um, you know, talking about the conversation that, you know, I'd love to just have with you, um, about, you know, we mentioned vitamin C, um, and you mentioned, you know, you're always looking for a good source of food, um, and knowing what we, I can feel into what we both know about, um, I guess just the state of soils and the quality of food that we get. Um, if we can just quickly dovetail into that, I know it's not sleep related. (laughs) Um, but yeah, just asking some questions regarding, what you think, um, yeah, just maybe just having some commentary on like what good quality food is, um, and multivitamins and stuff like that. How do we get stuff like that in? I think I caught that. I, you just froze for a second there, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure I caught it. Um, I think I know that the, uh, what you were trying to, uh, what you're saying, listen, what I heard at least of that, um, mm. was, was getting from there. Was it, Am I right? Is here like you were getting from the more like the whole food source from like the actual diet rather than yeah. Than- so I was just asking. I was just like you know, it's not it's not pertaining to sleep, but the question is mostly around mm. like just food and like our food quality because you alluded to it a little mm. bit earlier. I just wanted to sort of mm. give us both space to rant. 
yeah. on yeah. pain points that are there, you know, like obviously our soils are stripped of minerals um, exactly. because of the modern farming practices. Um, but like, you know, what's your relationship with that then? Do we like in space of getting hacked, like would you go out of your way to like, obviously B12 is a supplement we should all be taking. Um, but then like, what do you take? What don't you take? Um, because obviously it's an external supplement source and then getting the quality of that, trying to figure that out is a whole nother, how do you navigate the rabbit hole yourself? Yeah, that's difficult. Yeah. I generally, fortunately I've had, I'm like with my coach and we work with my coach for a bit now too, since March just to refine it and optimize this to like a whole new level. And I did, I like prior to March this year and for most of my sort of, um, even to my, my health coaching days and learning through that, I did have a massive just cabinet of, of supplements of, um, and there were some really good ones in there as well, like Ayurvedic herbs and all that as well. Um, I did, I have refined that down like completely now. And so, um, yeah, well aware there is majority of my, my sort of what I get nutrients and minerals and all that does come from my like my actual my, my whole food diet that I have. And if I can't get it from that, then it's like there's things that I feel need to get boosted. So um, when it comes to like iron, zinc, um, even B12 or that, I generally go for more the whole food sources. So um, the, beef, the organic beef liver um, is definitely like a really big one of mine. Um, there is a whole food source of zinc. Um, I'm try- I think I'm trying to find another source because the company that I have used has just been sold out to Nestle. Um, so there's, a f- and there's not that many supplements that I actually take anymore now, less and less. Um, and just certain things to boost up, but I do believe in the Chinese herbs as well, the reishis and the chagas, um, the Ayurvedic herbs, the ashwagandhas. I think they're a big core of things as well, just to boost mm. the immune system up. Um, and yeah, I, personally, I don't believe so much in getting isolated forms of supplements. Uh, I truly believe in getting that whole food source first. And then there's some things that may not have to be supplemented as well. Um, meaning like that, yeah, if, the, if you're going for the, aim for the B12s and the iron, the copper, I generally find that you get it more of a whole complete um, comprehensive package coming from beef liver um, or even coming from getting like your calcium from sardines instead of like getting an actual calcium supplement that's a synthetic or even that's it's derived somewhere still isolated to some extent. And so I get, I truly believe as well, the isolation of supplements, they're not, unless you're putting synergistically with every supplement that works well with it. So if you're taking tons of magnesium, it's like, you're not balancing that out um, with any, it could just throw you off balance as well too. Um, so I find that nature is all being given that the things in nature that are very balanced in what they have. So if you're going to have like a super refined, like blueberry powder, for instance, or that, you're not just getting the blueberries with the fiber and everything else in there. Mm. It's just stripping some of the stuff and hitting you straight there. So I think it's, it's important to, I guess, in a sense, supplement a really good diet as the core. And to have some things to boost that up into a space, that's what I truly believe. Um, and there are certain things that I sort of still experiment with and see where I go. But generally, go yeah, generally trying to navigate and find the really good whole food sources first and when it comes in and what like I get resonate with and when I sort of feel, I, yeah, it actually has, it makes a difference in my body. And then if I need to have a boost, I'll add a little bit extra on the side, but... Yeah, yeah, I love it. So what's coming up is, um, yeah, I love that. And I, <laughs> I absolutely love that. Thank you for sharing that. And so a big part of what's coming through is nature does it best, you know, whether it's your whole foods, whether it's just getting back to the earth, putting your feet in the earth, um, just connecting back to the circadian rhythms, um, you know, through utilizing, you know, basically these glasses to mitigate, you know, um, issues with the way that we're artificially generating light. Um, maybe Edison does have a lot to answer for. <laughs> um, so the questions I then have are like, in terms of 
what is like what are the some of the challenges that you faced personally um because you know i can perhaps relate to some of them in that a lot of what it boils down to at the end of the day was inherently good the way that it was um some things are definitely better now you know the fact that you and i can have this conversation and then inform so many people through the conversation just to the power of the internet and technology where it's at is an absolute blessing and i'm internally grateful for that um but then there are certain things when it comes to tuning back into your health where it's like oh we've kind of you know set the ticket too far in one direction and it's time to rein it in um you know, the, the conversation around things were uh, like kind of better before they kind of span out of control. Um, how do you find for yourself selling people something like selling them on themselves, their own natural self? You know, it's like the way you were and the normal things, the, the everyday things, which like you said, I kind of look for free stuff because it's, and generally that's the stuff that works because, yeah, there wasn't a capitalistic society that long ago, you know? So how do you, how do you personally navigate through that? This just might be a bit of a personal question. No, great question. I love that. It's so good. Um, yeah, I guess it has been, it has been a journey myself and, and just the whole, like even like when it comes to nutrition, for instance, getting so confused what's out there and going through so many different diets myself and, having like beliefs in a lot of different areas. Like I do a little, like like the Chinese medicine side, I do like the Ayurvedic and some Western approaches I like and just like blending it all. Um, but I think the key, what I've come across in my personal experience and the key that's just really resonated with me is, is turning within and having that inner guidance. Hence why I love the quote that I have so much is turn to the light within by Ernest Holmes and the, um, every Barclays I sell. And just, it really resonated with me. I just truly believe that, without like with all those books in the world right now, they all just disappeared All the diet books, people wouldn't know what to eat. And I feel like if we, we intuitively know what's good for us and we just get, I guess we've been, been distracted in this world to mm-hmm. um, be told what we should be eating and different groups believe that we should be eating this way. And I just truly believe that, that accessing and just cultivating that inner guidance. And that is for me, it's been enormous and just trusting that like asking, there's so many different ways to do that. Um, but I think it's like a lot to do with like sort of surrendering their ego kind of things. And also just, yeah, doing the research, but then trusting that what I've learned and what I've on all different areas of nutrition is like, for instance, it's like, I trust that what I'm being guided to, what I eat is generally actually sort of nourishing my body. And so making better choices from that as well. So every day I'm like refining and optimizing the diet and it's getting stronger. And then my inner guidance is getting stronger as well too it's like it works hand in hand it's um it's a spiritual practice as well like you finding foods let me drop in with that dane because there is probably someone listening to this podcast whose inner guidance is like go pick up another donut do you know what i mean so like and i like i this is speaking from experience because i used to be 105 kilos in year eight right so i was like the the tubby kid in class um but then obviously you do a certain amount of work on yourself and then like you can't trust yourself for a certain while and then you kind of get to like a kind of healthy medium and then you kind of but like what what is your advice for someone in that space that can't really tune into their inner guidance what are they what are they looking for in that space are they looking for inspiration or what are your thoughts there yeah, great question. That's so good. I I personally have that battle. I'm like, is that me? Is that my ego, my other side of me trying to like make this decision? Like, do I really want to have that? Like, was that just some, mm. like, that nourish my soul? Or am I like genuinely like what, and have that battle? And, and it's, it is, it's a constant sort of battle or sort of dance. I'd sort of feel with that. And yeah, like 
try and differentiate the difference between your inning guidance and what there's to support you and what is just either pathogenic bacteria that's want to feed more sugar in your diet <laughs> and, and, or, and it could slash your ego. So like, yeah. it could easily be a combination of that. You just can't differentiate what that is. Um, again, I think it practices like some form of meditation, getting connected with your body and starting to be the first thing is the awareness it's like knowing okay well that's i can't differentiate the difference right now and knowing like doing this as well a form of practice whether it's meditation whatever that looks like for anyone and start to connect with where their own breath and their body and that's so start to feel that and trust as well i think trust is like if you make a decision like yeah, I want to have a donut right now. It's like trust that, you know, that's not the decision that my inner soul guidance wants and that actually knows it's right. Um, there's ways of um, muscle testing as well. So I mean, thinking about food's good for me, you can do muscle testing. So um, one of my sort of like my mentors, Paul Check, he's just constantly... That's oh, he's such a base. As well. it's absolutely, yeah, he's absolutely based. And I like, in terms of anyone, if I recommend, I said, just go to Paul Check, <laughs> yeah. nobody else, and just listen to his stuff. Again, like... He has like no dogma there. He, he's, he's almost 60 and he's like ripped and he has so much Dude. knowledge. And I love his easy. approach. He'll sit there and he'll be like, if no, if they're not giving you health advice standing there, if they're not prepared to do it standing there in your, in their undies, why would you take, why would you take advice from him? And he goes deep down rabbit holes. He's like, okay, so there's like a whole environment in your kitchen sinks drain. What's going on in there? Just make sure you're like tuned into the, the environment there as well, because that's part of your environment. And I'm like, dude, you went there. Like, he's just, yeah, he's, he's really cool. He's really cool. Sorry. Just. No, I love it. Yeah. Love I'm, it. I'm, so I'm just sharing his stuff all the time. He's like, which is like, yeah, he's incredible. He really is. And, but his approach is what I think one of the closest I resonate with the most. And he mm. does talk so much about, it's like trusting your guidance to like, and don't like if all the books in the world disappeared, what people like eat, they wouldn't know what to do. They're like, Oh, what does he tell you to do? So like, they wouldn't know what to do. So the idea is like cultivating that inner guidance to be able to support you moving forward. And I think whatever that belief, if you want to be more vegetarian, but at the core of it, it's like, you know, what a difference between what you try to organic and your biodynamic and get to that space. It changes the way you are as a being, what the food energetically affects you and that starts mm. to make better decision moving forward. So um, people just start to move towards organic and start to get out of the conventional space of things. There's a bit of difference. There's a bit of transformation in the body that will make even more effective um, decisions going forward. Which is a really deep conversation, right? Because I used to be, I went from like going from owning any, any meat to then pescatarian to then becoming a vegetarian, then tried to become vegan. I was like, dude, I love cheese, stayed vegetarian for a while. And then like went actually full circle and like went back to meat because I was recommended by a functional therapist to go back to meat. And since then I've come back to vegetarian people like now, like, oh, you're vegetarian again. And I'm like, dude, I'm just an Amritarian. Like I just kind of, I just go where like Amrit's like what you're mentioning, like the inner guidance goes and takes you. So I think that's, uh, that's really poetic. I, um, I think just one more place I really want to go is when we were talking about food was just that, that room for nourishing my soul. Um, you know, like I've often, I grew up in a kitchen, so I grew up with Indian food, like the most amazing Indian food ever. Right. So there are certain foods which are like a really heavy curry, um, which, Sometimes like I'm missing my parents. I don't live close to them, but I'll go out and there's this really nice place near my, near my, near my home. And I take all my friends there, maybe like once a fortnight, you know, like I'll, I'll get together some friends and take them there and just spoil the shit out of them with good Indian food. And it's like, that is really nourishing for my soul. And is it the healthiest option that I can make on a physical level? Definitely not. Right. Like I can just kind of see the heaviness, the oils and all that stuff that goes on it. 
but there is that nourish my soul conversation, which you just opened up, which is like, it's actually like doing a lot for me in terms of emotionally. And, you know, this is a conversation that's really difficult to have, which is why I think probably don't, a lot of people don't have it, but emotionally, like I'm missing my parents. Yeah. This is keeping me connected to my roots, to my individuality, to who I am, being able to share like part of my culture with my friends and my family is an emotional benefit in there. There's a spiritual benefit in there, um, which is not measurable. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to sort of open that rabbit hole up and just like make it okay to sort of have those moments sometimes, would you say? Yeah. I'm nodding like crazy. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. And we've experienced, we personally experienced that ourselves um, quite lately, my partner and I with just what, again, going, going through emotional sort of difficult times as well. You, you generally want to gravitate toward things that are more nourishing for the soul and it generally helps that um mm. it's differentiating between what that is for people because if they're going to maccas and just and smashing mm. say it's nourishing for the soul it's not because it's not created with a place of love and energy and with some sort of nostalgic sort of feel and pull for that person so it becomes from that they said the home style cooked meal it might not ideally be what you have as like the most optimal diet but it's i think again we're beyond this physical beings as well i think it's important to um, respect this temple that we've been given and to optimize the best we can. But there's also other layers, again, emotional, spiritual as well, that feel that like we get some sort of enjoyment and excitement eating with people we love. There's food that's made with love. It doesn't have to be the best food and most like, organic, biodynamic growing food ever, mm. but it's made from this place of that energy, I believe as well, it gets transferred into the food. So if you're making it, that's that even have that style of food or a dish that's come from a place of love inside you, and if you want to give that to others, it's I guess that has a massive energetic effect on it. And I, I 100% agree with that. And so much as, again, our experience of lately has been, we've had noticed that a big shift. And, and there's certain parts and seasons in life that do require a, a bit more, yeah, like a bit more sort of like, yeah, nourishing that. And also seasonally with food. So like in diets, so like in winter, those are hearty meals that like they maybe make it in the family that you grow up there is so much more important. It doesn't matter if they're ideal, like eating a bit more extra carbs or fats than usual. Like it'd be great to have the best quality ingredients added to it, but at least if you're making it at home and you having that style, it's going to be, yeah, I, I don't think you really go wrong. And it's people, you know, I guess as well, be comfortable when they go of trying to be so perfect all the time and knowing that, yeah, great. You can do the best you can when you can when you're at home, but sometimes you can also nourish the soul, as you said, and have those foods that are just, that help you beyond that. You can probably really comprehend or anyone can comprehend. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. I just wanted to flag something really personal for me was um, I've been reading this book, Science of Mind recently by Ernest Holmes. And, um, it's, it's literally been a, I've, I can't really describe any other emotion that's been, uh, but like, uh, like I can't actually describe the emotions that have been going on as I've been reading this book. Can I advocate it highly enough? Um, and as I've been flicking through it, like I've literally been reading a paragraph, stopping sometimes crying with joy and just like continuing forward. And I've heard people say this about a book before. And I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, but like, this has been a really profound book. And, um, you can imagine just like, yeah, if we talk about life and the synchronicities of like how things go. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing called you. That's my next one. Yeah, thanks, bro. Yeah. Because when you, when you, like he mentioned that yeah. there are these, there are these bookmarks mm. and it says turn to the light within. And we met at the Get Hacked event and we had this really deep conversation and I was like, dude, there's definitely more here that we, you know, I'm waiting to have chats with you about and I just don't even know what that looks like, but let's just, let's just mm. do it and just see where that goes. 
And I, I had this full moment where I'd already started reading this and I swapped out my, Guad- my oh. from Guatemala to put this bookmark in this book. And, so I was, cool. and I was just like, oh, holy shit. Like, you know, there's a, there's a brother on the path and we're on the journey together and he's kind of just really beautifully just slotted into like how things are weaving. So I just wanted to share that with you because that was really special for me. <laughs> I love that. That's so cool. It's <laughs> incredible. That is ridiculously synchronous. Like, like out of all the quotes and all the people, like I've got a ton of books and I'm like, they resonate with me, but for some reason that quote did and yeah. it just happened that read in Science Month. It's so, it's so beautiful, brother. So thank you so much for sharing that. And um, I just wanted to, in the energy of kind of wrapping things up, I, I can definitely see that Barclay Eyewear really speaks to me in a really beautiful way. And I'm, I'm you know, and people might be like, you know, maybe it's a bit uh, super superfluous in terms of like it's eyewear, he's trying to sell you something, and I'm just going to call it for what it is. Um, but the reality is for me personally, like and having the time to sit down and have this opportunity to chat with you, I can see that, you know, similar to the Inspired Evolution t-shirts, it's a conversation starter. You know what I mean? From there, the rabbit hole goes whichever way you want to go. And I'm really grateful that we've had the time and energy to sit here and see where the rabbit hole goes and all the information that then, you know, the conversations that can be started behind the the glasses, which is a real blessing, man. So thank you so much for that. Is there uh, something else in the future that's budding once the, you know, because obviously the eyewear is is doing great. um, But once that kind of has its own rhythm and momentum, is there space for like, I can see so many things like even just talking about food, you know, we could have like Dane's Digest, which is like a blog with, like things that you know like that are healthy and can connect us to food and stuff like maybe i'm completely just creating things out of the ether but is there is there stuff that's going on that you know you're fascinated by at the moment or you're just kind of one focusing on the on the eyewear oh yeah i um there's like so many things that are backlogged in my mind in my space of creating them i can't wait to burst and this is this will like the idea too behind the glasses that will also fund those projects so people also grant them to help themselves but it's also going to fund projects that's going to help many more others as well and there yeah this is like it's for me is just following and as weird as it is like i don't i don't really have like set goals because mm. where my spirit takes me is so different every single day and you set intentions right now it's yeah. that yes yeah, intention I'm like cool like where do i winning where do i feel like i'm drawn to next and where i feel called to and run out of classes but i've got plenty of things to backlog i don't know what's going to be next but i know it's going to be I, i'm definitely one thing is creating an online an online marketplace platform like nothing like else out there that's going to be like membership based and it's going to bring organic farmers and biodynamic farmers and the best products in the world into one sort of hub that people can trust and buy from um, and have, yeah, and just have a place that's so heavily vetted because mm-hmm. myself personally find that it's so hard to find a place I can trust as well that actually has like they sell products I'm like how do you genuinely know that it's a good company behind yeah. that and the product is of, of the best quality and so part of my thing is just creating this crazy vetted process to mm. get into the, my work my actual um, marketplace it goes through so many different experts and actually like bring it right down to see what how good quality this product is and what it's doing for the planet and most importantly what it's doing for the people in it and to the whole holistic approach to it so that's definitely in the right in the sort of the back burner it's very close mm. to coming up um but again that. there might be something that pop up right behind me i might not expect so and i'm open to it i'm gonna surrender, <laughs> surrender. Let go. yeah. that's it it's just whatever comes up comes up and i'm happy to just feel yeah. that moment. so this is a conversation you and i have been having a little bit just in terms of surrender as well and i um i just want to before we do weave out just acknowledge just where that is just two seconds segue back to where we were talking about i think that's really cool because i know like uh, what you were talking about in terms of the food like 
that's really awesome because maybe like sometimes I don't even know what's available in my local local markets. Like there are markets in Fitzroy. I didn't know that they had certain foods that I wanted. I just thought they were like for clothing markets. So connecting like things to your local, there's there's heaps of potential and that really excites me. So talking back to surrender, sorry if you can get, stay, keep up. <laughs> um, yeah, just, I, I just want to, just want to acknowledge, um, yeah, just, just where you're at and where, like, you know, where, where, what's coming up for me as well. Like it's been a really interesting, um, gambit kind of just walking into like the thirties and just going, okay, wow. Like I had this, a lot of this came from actually losing one of my mentors, um, recently and she, should we lost her early, but um, realizing that, you know, there is this whole thing around death made me realize, well, like, you know, life is kind of, I think I've kind of got control. Cause you know, when you're an adolescent between like 20 to 30, you're like, yeah, surrender. Like it's a concept, right. <laughs> but like, why? Like now like I've got life by the balls, pardon the, the French, you know, it's like now I've got control. Like I got things, let's set goals, let's go achieve things. And even what you said, you know, you don't set goals anymore. It's more like an intention and just being open and surrendering instead of being like a rocket, you're more like a compass. Mm. Um, yeah, just, just that dance. Like I just, I don't know what I'm trying to go with the question, just taking my hat off, I guess, to sort of just respecting, uh, yeah, that, that, that approach because it's, it's really starting to settle in for me, which has been a massive one to digest because it's your ego doesn't like it. Right. <laughs> No, it doesn't. <laughs> that was one big shake of the head. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm t- that's what I'm. I'm constantly battling with that now. It's like that. Yeah, the ego does not want that. It's, it wants that control. It wants to know, act like it wants to control every situation. And I found that even just speaking with you at um, the, the event and get hacked and get higher was the um, that experience with you on stage as well. Like I had to let go of just trying to like trying to say like be perfect at what I'm saying and like trying to control like what I'm going to say and plan it and just like letting go of just whatever comes out and trusting what comes out will be exactly what needs to be said. And that's mm-hmm. it. And that's just like letting go of that. And even just this interview here, it's like, Oh, in past podcast interviews or it's whatever it is, I'm writing a blog or an Instagram post and just trusting like before it was just to be like, I want to control so badly to make this perfect sound the best way and say the best sort of like, and it's like rather than just being like, Oh, I'll let go of whatever that come out in, in me. It might not sound perfect, but it's, it flows out a lot easier and just let go of that. So that ego wants to be perfectionist side of it for me, particularly, it's definitely perfectionist and want to nail it. Then there's other part of me. It's like, it's, you're so it's weird. Overpowering That's now. so it's just, like, <laughs> no, no one else is like that. We don't just share glasses in common, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably all the entrepreneurs out there. Just crazy perfectionist. <laughs> You'd love this. I'm going to share this thing with you. One of my friends, he created a video and it talks about, um, like this bloke goes on a morning ritual and he starts his morning ritual, wakes up at 4am and he just like, he does everything and like he takes the piss out of it completely. He's like, you know, cause you want to try and get alkaline in the morning. He's like squirting lemon in his eyes and shit. And he's, <laughs> he's just like taking it to the nth degree and his morning ritual finishes at 8 PM at night and like starts at four and finishes at eight because he's perfectly just incorporated <laughs> everything into it. Right. And then like he sits down to do some work at eight, but he's like, Oh, it's time to get the blue blockers on and go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good yeah. yeah i gotta get that your way oh brother look that. is there anything else that you wanted to share in this moment before i just express my deepest gratitude no i think <laughs> yeah i think mean, words are winning yeah i just i really enjoyed the conversation i hope people get something from it and i'm like if they don't it doesn't matter because it's what i said was <laughs> what needed to be said and i'm letting go of that so it's all good uh, so yeah i really uh, appreciate it 
Brother, thank you so much for your time and energy again. It was a real blessing to meet you in person and connect and then also just the, the permission and the space to go a little bit deeper and just like weave the rabbit hole through here. And I'm really excited for for this podcast to be shared with everyone. And um, yeah, man, just, just really much respect for all the work you've done on yourself to land you here. So deep gratitude for that. Gratitude for us here now to be able to have this conversation. And as always, like just, yeah, like I said, you know, the synchronicities that continue to guide us, like just, um, yeah, brother, like wishing you all the best and really grateful to be connected to you. And just, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hey tribe, thanks for tuning in to another fun, enlightening episode of the Inspired Evolution. I've been loving all the feedback and personal stories of love, uh, health and growth. Your feedback and stories are incredibly welcome. The easiest way to connect with me is via my website, which is www.amrit-sandu.com. You can leave me a message or a comment. It's one of my highest values to connect, so I love to connect and love to hear from you. You can also find me on Facebook, Amrit Sandu. And if the content has been resonating with you, you can help the Inspired Evolution out in a big way by liking the YouTube channel, subscribing to the Inspired Evolution, or the Facebook page, like that please, at the Inspired Evolution, or by leaving a review on iTunes if you're on an Apple device. And also, if the Inspired Evolution episodes are inspiring an evolution within you, or you can feel the inspiration is valuable for your team to evolve to the next level, you can head on over to www.amrit-sandu.com to see how the Inspired Evolution can help you and your team thrive. Much love, tribe. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market